The views and opinions expressed during this program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of WHIO and Cox Media Group. This hour is sponsored by Full Life Chiropractic. This is WHIO's Brian Kilmeade. Hi, everybody. Dayton is our number one priority. You know that. And as news breaks, we'll break in anytime. Dayton's all news and talk is 1290-957-WHIO. Welcome, I'm Dr. Juan Fernandez, and this is Live a Full Life, where we talk about your health and how to achieve it to the fullest. As always, I want to remind you, you are created to be healthy, feel good, look great, and enjoy your life. As always, um, my job is to teach you how to make this happen so you can be as healthy as possible and be able to be there for your family for many years to come. So I want to thank you for joining me today on this Saturday, and I just want to welcome you to the show. And um, today, I'm going to be talking about... Uh, coronavirus hospital survival guide. And uh, why am I talking about the coronavirus once again? Uh, yet again, it is still a topic that has literally halted our entire world as we knew it. It is uh, caused a lot of different, you know, discord in families. Um, it's caused a lot of discord in the business and the industry. It's, it's literally, it has us by the grips. So um, it'd it be almost irresponsible of me to not tell you about what you can do uh, for the coronavirus. And I'm talking about the hospital survival guide because I've just found out some uh, a hot off the press information that everybody should be aware of, especially if you have a loved one who may be battling for their lives in the hospital uh, when it comes to ventilators and oxygen and uh, red blood cells and hemoglobin and hydroxychloroquine. I'm going to be talking about all that. Uh, the latest and greatest, once again, not necessarily out of China, but right now out of the hotbed right here in America, which is New York City. There's doctors in New York City that are observing things that um, obviously they're realizing that they may be doing not necessarily the wrong thing, but they may be causing more damage than, than actually helping with the protocols that are mandated and dictated that they have to do. So uh, something that uh, as a healthcare professional, as a physician, I feel as though it's something that I should definitely be touching upon and making you guys at least aware uh, just this week. Uh, this is very real to me because uh, this this past week um, I had a patient whose uh, family member uh, is actually in the hospital and they are they were experiencing coronavirus and uh, obviously there's a lot of different protocols of what they're doing and you know our entire you know men's group is praying for her family members everybody's praying for this lady's mom and right now i can tell you is this that that my patient wants to know everything possible she can do to help her mom survive this thing so it is very real uh i'm not going to take it lightly so i'm going to expose the information to everybody so everybody's aware because this could be life or death for your family member so as always you can find us on facebook at full life chiropractic you can find us also on the internet at ask dr Juan com. That's A-S-K-D-R-J-U-A-N.com. You can find us by following us on Instagram as well. You can find us by calling our office at 937-552-7364. Obviously, you can find us anyway. You can message us on Facebook. You can do a lot of different things to obviously get to us if you want to get your questions answered. If you have any questions about anything we talked about this topic or any other topic in the past, you're more than welcome. You can also find us once again on podcast via iTunes as well, Uh, something that... 
has all our radio shows, uh, topics, archives, so you can go back and listen to any topic we covered in the past. So, uh, as always, I want to touch on on why it is that I get on radio. And for those of you who are listening for the first time, welcome to the show, Living the Full Life. And uh, I'm Dr. Juan, your host. And um, I, I just wanted to touch on the fact that uh, for me, and this this story hits real for me because uh, my patient, and I'm not going to disclose any names, but my patient. Uh, she's middle-aged and her mom is obviously elderly and she was in a nursing home and got diagnosed with COVID-19 and you know I saw her this week and you know I saw her mom you know her the daughter my patient and I was talking to her about how her mom was doing and obviously she started tearing up and it's just heartbreaking just to see people in, in that condition and uh, see them suffering especially for somebody they love and I understand what she feels not necessarily to the point of you know my mom being in the um, in the hospital for COVID-19, but my mom was in the hospital uh, six years ago because she was being tested and being diagnosed with breast cancer. So it gets very real when it's a diagnosis that can actually kill you. Um, and this is where my heart breaks and my heart was breaking for, for this lady, this young lady who whose mom was in the brink of potentially going in the wrong direction. So uh, for me, is is something that is uh, that is near and dear to my heart because when my mom called me in 2014 to tell me she'd been diagnosed with breast cancer, that really hit home. You know, it, it doesn't really hit home until it affects somebody you love and you care about. So for me, I get on radio every single week because I want to help people not become my mom. And not necessarily, obviously, you know, through COVID, the season of COVID, but that's what my whole entire... Um, uh, you know, my whole entire career thus far has been dedicated to help people not become my mom, uh, because my mom for years had the, all the signs that things were going wrong, her neck, her back, her, she, she had headaches, she had sinus problems. She had all these things that literally were big warning signs telling us that her body was not functioning on her percent. And she continued to mask those symptoms with drugs and continue to, uh, obviously just, uh, do, do, do the, the easy, easy left versus the hard right. And it led her to get, you know, bit in the, the rear because it ended up being a disease. So, uh, for me to you, I just want to help you. I want to help you, whether it's a family member yourself, uh, you're sitting there in the hospital, you've been diagnosed with COVID-19, uh, you're fighting for your life or family members fighting for their life, uh, you need to know this information. So uh, this past week, in the last, um, let's say in the last uh, week or so, uh, there's a lot of different reports of doctors who are obviously medical doctors who are on the front lines trying to help as many people as possible survive this virus, right? We talked about the virus uh, for the last few weeks. I talked about how it works, how it attaches. So, but new and better information is coming out. Yes, it, it causes respiratory issues, is a upper respiratory tract infection, and we get all those things, right? But there's another part of the story that is actually not being told because it's just being discovered right now. And, and the reality is that this virus uh, is attacking other parts. So right now, obviously, we saw the the, the president address the nation uh, this past Tuesday and talk about you know pulling the funding from WHO, which I think is a phenomenal move. Uh, there's a lot of different agendas, you know, by the WHO and a few other organizations out there. But uh, I'm not here to say whether it's right or wrong. I, I do agree with it. You got to investigate something you're donating quite a bit of money to and, and you know supporting. But uh, the, the reality is that the ventilators was something that 
President Trump was talking about, which is once again amazing the fact that our country can turn around and create all these ventilators. But the the question is this right now that doctors, not me, I'm not a I'm not a medical doctor in the ICU or respiratory therapist, uh, and probably some of you are asking, well, what gives you the authority? To talk about this, I am a doctor. I do understand the human body. I understand how the, the immune system works. I understand every system in the human body. We have to pass tests to understand it. Not that I work with those systems every single day. I work with one system, central nervous system, brain and spinal cord. But we have to understand how the respiratory system, the circulatory system, digestive system, all these systems work. So uh, reading the data, reading the research, it makes sense to me because I am familiar with the systems and how they work. And this is why you guys should be aware of what I'm about to tell you. So the the fact that the president was talking about the ventilators is a great thing. If you have acute respiratory distress syndrome, right? So that's ARDS, as is known in the ICU or even the emergency room. That's when somebody, it is having such a hard time breathing that they have to be intubated. Uh, they have to be number one sedated and intubated so the breathing machine can do the breathing for them, a ventilation machine. That's what they are for, right? So just talking about that, obviously your red blood cells carry oxygen around your body to allow your body to function at 100%. Uh, and I had another topic I was on to talk about this week, but this literally, I just found this information out this week. I could not uh, get on radio and talk about anything else other than this right now. So the ventilators has been something that's been hailed as the, you know, the life-saving thing. But the reality is this, uh, doctors out of China, doctors out of Italy, even doctors out of New York, once again, that's the hotbed in our own country. Uh, one of the doctors, and I'm going to call him my name because he's actually put himself out there. He made a video. His name is Cameron Kyle Seidel, hyphenated last name, Kyle Seidel, S-I-D-E-L-L. Uh, he's a uh, ICU doctor, was an ICU doctor. He just went back to the emergency room uh, department. But ICU doctor who was seeing something that was just not adding up because once again, when you're a doctor, your job is to learn the human body. And so he is sitting there in the ICU observing his patients going through a couple of things that did not seem normal for somebody who has acute respiratory distress syndrome. So ARDS, right? So he's like, you know what? Like generally speaking, when somebody is going through ARDS, um, they are actually like, almost unconscious, they can't form a sentence, they can't talk to you, they're in distress. When you see somebody in distress, it's very distressing to you also because you're trying to help them, right? So he's sitting there, he's like, you know what, it doesn't add up because in medical school I learned that you are actually, when you're in distress, you can't form a sentence, you can't be talking, you can't be doing these things. So it was very confusing to him, so he started to question the protocol of just automatically putting people on the ventilator. And the, the, the thing that he described was very, very eye-opening for him was the fact that instead of having the ARDS, patients were presenting with more of a hypoxia or a lack of oxygen or a high altitude sickness, something that would be similar to everybody flying in a plane, the cabin depressurizes you don't have enough oxygen the oxygen mass fall you can't put it on and everybody starts actually dropping the oxygen level in their blood and he was just really confused by this presentation and he's 
trying to sit there and think like, you know, when do I intubate this patient? They're still talking to me. Intubation is not anything that is actually like fun and easy to do. So like he remembers from medical school and when he was a fellow, he's like, there's got to be like, there's got to be something that we're missing right now. So reports out of China, even doctors out of Italy are saying, you know what? The ventilators may not be the right answer. So if you have a family member that's in the hospital right now that may be teeter-tottering back and forth between acute respiratory distress or what they believe might be the viral pneumonia because the lung is actually filling up with fluid, uh, some dead giveaways that I'm going to give you right now and in the next few segments uh, are pretty eye-opening. So one of the things that Dr. Uh, Kyle Seidel said was, like, you know what, they're experiencing hypoxia. And when the patient is experiencing hypoxia or lack of oxygen in their blood, the treatment is completely different for the most part than actually uh, somebody has acute respiratory distress syndrome. So acute respiratory distress syndrome, actually the patient will get the ventilation so the machine is doing the breathing for the patient. In a hypoxia event, when it's really, really bad, when the pulse oximeter reach a saturation of less than 80 or less than 90, but less than 80, really, things start to get real, then the number one thing that they do for that patient is actually put them on oxygen. So you can put, you know, a few liters per hour, or you can do whatever it is that it takes, right, to get that patient to stay alive. And, and, you know, obviously their organs to continue to function. So this is what he actually discovered. And he was like, wow, I have to do something different because I am Am, am I assisting in killing these patients dying? Am I killing my patients by putting them on ventilators? That's the question he started asking, and he started questioning the actual protocol that's dictated by the actual healthcare system in the hospital and the directors and the administrators. So, folks, if you want to learn more about what you can do to help your family members, because I've been talking a lot about prevention. Some of you are no longer in prevention. Some of you are, have a family member that's in the hospital right now dealing with this very thing right now. So I wanted to put out this information for you so you can be the decision maker and at least help guide those doctors as to what you want done with your family member or not done with your family member. I do have to take a quick break here. You're listening to Living the Full Life uh, on 1290, 95.7 WHIO, Day and Susan Talk. It's our Ask the Expert weekend on the Miami Valley radio station with breaking news, weather, and traffic. 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Welcome back. I'm Dr. Juan Fernandez, and this is Living the Full Life, where we talk about your health and how to achieve it to the fullest. As always, always want to remind you, you can find us on Facebook at Full Life Chiropractic. You can find us on the internet at AskDrJuan.com. You can find us by calling our office at 937-552-7364. Press option two. Team is standing by ready to answer your questions about this topic or any topic we've covered in the past. So I want to welcome you guys back to Living the Full Life. And we're talking about the Corona Hospital Survival Guide today. So we're talking about what you need to do if you are family members in the hospital dealing with the acute Corona uh, virus and if it starts causing breathing and, and oxygenation issues. So on the previous segment, I was talking about a doctor, uh, Dr. Cameron Se- Kyle Seidel out of New York City Hospital. I uh, can't remember the name of the hospital, but this guy is an ICU intensive care unit doctor uh, who's then stepped down because he kind of questioned the protocol and he moved down to the actual um, 
the emergency room now, but he was observing something that was not normal in his patients. And uh, what he was seeing is that his patients were, when they were, the COVID-19 was continued to get worse, the patient was not presenting with acute respiratory distress syndrome, syndrome uh, or ARDS. They were presenting with something more closely to hypoxia or lack of oxygen, kind of like high altitude sickness, right? So he started questioning, like, where should we be putting these people on ventilators? Are we going to destroy the alveoli, the little little grape-like sacs that happens, the exchange of oxygen and carbon dioxide happens? So he's kind of questioning these things, right? So he talks to other doctors. There's a big discord between him and the administrators. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of dogma uh, in the medical system because everybody thinks they're right. Uh, very intelligent people, which is great. But at the end of the day, there's a lot of dogma. People think they're right. They're, they want to just, you know, wave the research and, oh, we've always done it this way. That's the way we got to do it. So he was kind of questioning, like, why do we have to do it that way? Like, the person could die if we do it that way. Why don't we do it a different way because I'm suspecting the critical thinking in my education that I don't think I need to put this person on a ventilator. I need to put them actually on oxygen. So uh, typically people that get put on ventilators for whatever reason, not because of Corona or COVID-19, typically 40 to 50% of those people on ventilators actually pass away potentially because of other complications too far to explain. Obviously, I'm not going to go through all that science, right? That is the case, obviously, in normal people that get put on ventilators, generally speaking, because they have a pneumonia, they have a double lung pneumonia, and more on that uh, later. But uh, that is the typical case for before COVID-19 got here. But right now, uh, in NYC, in New York City, is up to 80% or more of people that actually get put on ventilators have died, 80% or more. So I know the president was touting about the fact that, yes, that's great. Our country has made more ventilators than ever. But right now, the problem is this, folks. The people telling the president what needs to be done are the scientists and doctors that may have a different agenda. And that is the problem. Right now, uh, did you know that a hospital can charge a bunch of money to Medicare and all these other entities. And I'm not going to get into the whole insurance thing, but they can charge you a whole bunch of money uh, if they put you on a ventilator. So it's kind of a really lucrative thing for them to do. But yes, the ventilators could be the answer for some cases, but the majority of cases of the people that got put on ventilators in New York City have died 80% more, which is alarming. We should be paying attention to that. We should be looking at the numbers because they're treating the patients incorrectly. And it's not me, Dr. Juan, saying that. It's Dr. Cameron Kyle Seidel, along with other medical doctors that are actually not afraid to come out and say, you know what? We've been doing it all wrong, people. We got to do something different because we're potentially killing our patients. It's not only here in the United States, doctors out of actual Italy, which once again in the worldwide, they've seen the most deaths, doctors out of China that are looking back retrospectively, now they're going back to slowly normal life, they're looking back and saying, holy cow, we have been treating people for ARDS when they really and truly have hypoxia. So if you have a family member who is in the hospital right now, I want you, I, I urge you, and I implore you to stay tuned. I got to take a quick break here, folks, but you're listening to Living the Full Life, which I'll be talking about more regarding this and what decisions you need to help your family members make so they can stay alive. So listening to Living the Full Life on 1290-957-WHIO, the in-season talk. 
It's an Ask the Expert weekend on Dayton and Springfield's 24-hour news, weather, and traffic station, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Welcome back. I'm Dr. Juan Fernandez, and this is Living the Full Life, where we talk about your health and how to achieve it to the fullest. As always, I want to remind you, you were created to be healthy, feel good, look great, and enjoy your life. Uh, you can always find us on Facebook at Full Life Chiropractic. You can also find us on the internet at AskDrJuan.com, A-S-K-D-R-J-U-A-N.com. You can find us by calling our office at 937-552-7364. Press option two. Team is standing by ready to answer your questions about this topic or any other topic we covered in the past. Uh, you can find us on iTunes via a podcast, on Instagram. We're everywhere. You can find us. Message us, call us, text us. It doesn't matter. We'll get the information to you if that's what you want. So, Welcome you back. For those of you who are just joining the show right now, I've been talking about the ventilators. And once again, this is all kind of spins off of the the address to the nation, the president, the press conference he had on Tuesday. And it was phenomenal. Great. I mean, we have a lot of ventilators, but right now there are doctors that are actually questioning medical doctors who work every day, day in and day out with COVID-19 patients that are questioning whether the ventilation is the best solution right now for the problem and whether whether they're actually causing more damage than actually helping by intubating their patients and actually ventilate them, ventilating them. So uh, the one thing I want to talk about right now, though, before I go back into the ventilation and everything that's going on is the fact that the reason why uh, hydroxychloroquine has been working uh, in a chloroquine also, and yes, these drugs, you know, some people are kind of saying, hey, they're dangerous, it's one or the other, uh, but at the end of the day, the reason why these drugs are working is not because of any... And this is funny. I, I want to say this out loud. So, listen, um, politicians and news anchors on TV are not scientists. They're not doctors. And they're actually probably, for the most part, not very well educated in the human body and how it works. I'm going to say that out loud, and I may ruffle some feathers, and that's okay. Uh, that's what I do. My job is to actually seek the truth when it comes to health, expose it. You make your decisions based off of that, so you can be who God's called you to be. If you don't want to obviously listen to what I have to say, that's okay too. You can do your own research. But right now, politicians, for the most part, uh, news anchors don't have doctors. They don't have even probably bachelors in biological sciences or any sort of medical for the most part. There are a few weird birds out there that wanted to be become medical doctor and decided to go into politics, right? But the thing is this though. They are sitting there, like, for example, talking about, like, at the very beginning of this whole thing, hydroxychloroquine, and it's funny because I saw it on Fox News, I saw it on CNN, I saw it on MSNBC, all the news outlets are like, oh, well, malaria is a a bacteria, and this is a viral thing, and it's a blah, blah, blah. So the reason why this drug is working, uh, and this is, once again, I'm finding out this information is not, I'm not a drug doctor, I don't give patients drugs, so I don't, I didn't learn this in school, I didn't learn pharmacology in school. But I can read research because I'm decently intelligent, I would like to say, to at least read in plain English what these drugs do. So right now, hydroxychloroquine, the reason why it's working is super simple. So malaria, malaria, how does malaria work? So everybody's like ranting off malaria and like they know what what it does, right? Malaria, the protozoa, the little bug actually invades your red blood cell. 
It invades your red blood cell and it eats the hemoglobin group. It actually uses it. So let's call it eating just to simplify things, right? So it eats the hemoglobin group. The hemoglobin has heme, which is iron, like, you know, iron and uh, globin, protein, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so this allows you to carry oxygen in your blood through the rest of your body to your organs so your organs can function and heal and do whatever they're supposed to do. So if your liver is detoxifying, your kidneys obviously are filtering your blood, et cetera, right? That's what uh, obviously the blood, the red blood cells are supposed to do. It has four heme groups, blah, blah, blah. I don't want to go into all the science, but it has four hemoglobins, right? So malaria comes and the little bacteria, Bacteria attaches to the actual heme and it eats it and it uses it. It, it. it then renders the red blood cell incapable of carrying oxygen. It is no different than carbon monoxide po poisoning. It's the most relatable thing that most of us can understand. Carbon monoxide poisoning is bad. Why? Because the carbon monoxide has a higher affinity or a higher attraction to the red blood cells than the oxygen O2 molecule does. So then your body becomes saturated, the red blood cells become saturated with a bunch of carbon monoxide. You cannot exchange, obviously, the carbon monoxide for actual oxygen. Then your body becomes hypoxic. You die because your organs start shutting down because they're not getting oxygen. And that is the way that the body functions. No oxygen, no work. The kidneys, the brain, everything shuts down. It doesn't work, right? So that is the way that it works, okay? So carbon monoxide, very interchangeably comparable to malaria. Malaria, uh, it's not that it has a higher affinity. It's that the malaria goes into the red blood cell and uses the hemoglobin, which is what allows you to carry oxygen. So hopefully everybody's with me. I haven't lost anybody, right? So then now, how does this relate to COVID-19, Dr. Juan? You were talking about what to do for my family member, and now you're talking about malaria. The reason why hydroxychloroquine works is because hydroxychloroquine prevents the actual protozoa little bacteria to go into the actual red blood cell and attach to the hemoglobin group and prevent it from decaying that red blood cell obviously rendering it preventing it from rendering it you know incapable of carrying oxygen so what the hydroxychloroquine does it actually blocks the malaria from attacking the hemoglobin right the reason why it's working with COVID-19 is because before doctors thought that because of the cytokine storm which happens uh, in the lungs the lungs would fill up with fluid and then they would have pneumonia and then they need uh, intubation and, you know, ventilation. Uh, but the reason why that is happening is because COVID-19 is not a respiratory tract infection only. It's also a blood, red blood cell issue as well. So COVID-19 goes into the red blood cell it actually breaks up the hemoglobin so the heme and the globin it splits it the heme group is the iron that allows you to hold on to the oxygen by the time those red blood cells get to the lungs that heme when the iron escapes the actual red blood cell it becomes very toxic to the body your body then wants to attack that toxin so you don't obviously end up dying from this toxic shock from this iron. So your ferritin levels go up because ferritin binds the free-floating 
iron. So if you have a family member who is has COVID-19, they're in the hospital, their ferritin levels are going up, the wrong answer for them to be treated is up to the doctor, but the wrong answer, according to research from medical journals, not me making this up out of thin air, I like research, according to research, the wrong answer is to intubate them and ventilate them. The reason why the person is experiencing the distress and the breathing issues and the fact that their oxygen, the pulse oximeter, continues to dip lower and lower and the oxygenation saturation or red blood cells is because the red blood cells are losing the heme group, which allows them to carry oxygen. So that right there is a life-saving tip. If you have any further questions, I'm going to explain more, but if you have further questions, you're like, Dr. Juan, can you please explain that to me again? You can call our office and I will literally walk you through this. You need to tell, especially like that patient of mine whose mom is in the hospital right now battling COVID-19. I told her, you're, she is the power of attorney for her mom. She, she's like, I'm not going to let him put her on a ventilator. I'm like, that's a really excellent idea. And it's not because I told you so. It's not because we read an article. It's because there's a doctor in New York City who realized that himself. And he's been talking about it. And other doctors are realizing the same thing. So right now, the wrong answer is to ventilate. Because what happens is this. Now, your lungs are filling up with fluid. So fluid occupies space. That's a volume. Like That's like, you know, um, you know back, in, back in high school, we're learning about volume and what occupies space. So air and fluid occupy space, right? So if your lungs are filling up with fluid, and then now I intubate you, and I increase the pressure of the air going into your lungs to make you breathe, the machine breathe for you, you are creating an excessive amount of pressure, which then could damage the alveoli, which are like grape-like, size, uh, little small grape size, delicate um, little, you know, structures that where the oxygen and the carbon dioxide exchange happens, you have a potential to damage those. And that's why we're seeing such a high rate of people dying that are actually ventilated in New York. Once again, over 80% of people that were ventilated in New York have died that had COVID-19. Because the doctors are doing the protocol that is written for them by the hospital saying, hey, nope, put them on this one and we can charge more money to the insurance, right? The answer is to give oxygen to that patient. Every hospital, for the most part, should have a hyperbaric chamber. Hyperbaric chamber literally increases the oxygen level. Uh, you can set it up to 100% and that pushes that oxygen into the patient's body. The oxygen is necessary because the body needs oxygen to survive. So this is a life-saving tip, folks. I'm telling you, if you have a family member, I plead with you. Literally talk to your doctor, their doctor, to tell them, hey, we need to put them on oxygen. Please, let's take the ventilator off. So um, that that's what that's what's happening. And then right now, another thing that the doctor mentions is this. It's very rarely. So think about it this way. When you have pneumonia, uh, it's usually, typically speaking, and I looked at the Merck manual to make sure in pathophysiology of pneumonia, generally speaking, it happens only in one lung for the most part. There's a little fluid that fills up the one lung, uh, viral pneumonia, this and the other. Actually, unilateral pneumonia is common. Right. When people have pneumonia, be so common that when you have double lung pneumonia, people call it by double lung pneumonia or bilateral pneumonia because it's so uncommon and so rare. And that's a sign of something going gravely, gravely bad. So when you have double lung pneumonia, people are like, whoa, they perked their ears like, holy cow, that's actually bad. Why? Because it's usually only one lung. This once again, the dead giveaway that the 
acute respiratory distress syndrome they're talking about and they're intubating people and they're actually ventilating them is not the primary cause because if that was the case, the doctor even says on the video, he says, you know what? It's usually only in one lung. So the other lung can actually make up for the for the for for the lack of oxygen and can actually do the job for for the two until things get better so that's the problem right now you need to be aware of this because hopefully you don't have to do this hopefully your family members are all safe and they're they're healthy and they don't have covid19 but if you are your listener right now and when your family members gets checked at the hospital they say you have covid19 their lungs are filling up with blood and they say hey you know their saturation levels are going really low down uh, we need to intubate them and put them on a ventilator that can actually lead them to being to being dead uh, within days or hours so this is why I urge you and I implore you to do the research look up dr. Cameron Kyle Seidel look up his video listen to he was actually interviewed by WebMD this is how big of a story this is everybody should know about it and I don't think you guys do some of you may not this is why I'm putting this information out as the healthcare professional on this radio station every Saturday I feel that I owe you guys that information so you can make the best decision for you or your family members so folks I got to take a quick break here you're listening to living the full life on 1290 957 WHIO Dayton's News and Talk. It's our Ask the Expert weekend on the Miami Valley Radio Station with breaking news, weather, and traffic. 1290 and 957 WHIO Dayton's News and Talk. Welcome back. I'm Dr. Juan Fernandez, and this is Living the Full Life, where we talk about your health and how to achieve it to the fullest. As always, I want to remind you you are created to be healthy, feel good, look great, and enjoy your life. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at Full Life Chiropractic. Uh, you can find us also on the internet at AskDrJuan.com. You can call our office at 937-552-7364. Press option two. Team is standing by, ready to answer your questions about this topic or any other topic we covered in the past. So want to welcome you back. And for those of you who have been listening, once again, this is a, a emergency radio show. Uh, I want to talk about the coronavirus survival, hospital survival guide, especially for those of you who have a family member um, that may be in the hospital fighting for their lives. So uh, the latest and greatest a few days ago, uh, a doctor out of uh, New York City, Dr. Cameron Kyle Seidel, um, you know, noticed something in his patients that were being treated for acute respiratory distress syndrome. And he realized that that's not what they're presenting as. They actually look like they have hypoxia or lack of oxygen in their blood. So we need to treat differently, uh, obviously, because the dogma and all these other reasons, he stepped down from the ICU department and he went back to the emergency room. But nonetheless, this doctor opened the eyes of a bunch of other doctors. Same thing that some doctors out of China have been saying, some doctors out of Italy have been saying that you have to treat the actual patient for what they have, not what the protocol says. The protocol says, oh, yep, they start not breathing well. Let's put a uh, intubation and ventilate them, right? So right now out of out of China, uh, the, the scientists that are doing true science that are not covering up under the regime and all the censorship and everything that happens over there. But right now, um, there's a study that's about to be peer reviewed, published. Uh, there's, you know, uh, studies that are coming out every day. But right now, what happens is that the, the actual uh, beta chain hemoglobin um, is attacked by the coronavirus. It causes the 
hemoglobin to disassociate the iron from the porphyrin, which is two different chemicals inside of the red blood cell. This attack will cause less and less hemoglobin that can carry oxygen and carbon dioxide. The lung cells have extremely intense poisoning and inflammatory due to the inability to exchange carbon dioxide and oxygen frequently, which eventually results in a ground glass-like lung image. I remember learning about that in school, looking at it in x-rays and CT scans, right? The mechanism also interferes with the normal heme anabolic pathway of the human body is expected to result in human disease. So this is what this, the scientists are saying. So the reality is this. You have a family member who is in rep- respiratory distress, that's what they think it is, and the pulse oximeter is going down, meaning the oxygenation of their blood is lower. If their ferritin levels are going up in their blood, that is most likely a dead giveaway that they actually, uh, the virus is actually attacking the heme inside of their red blood cells. They cannot saturate the red blood cell with oxygen, and now they're hypoxic, their organs start shutting down, and the only option after that, if you cannot turn around, is death. So what can you do? Uh, this is what you can do. You can talk to the doctor, uh, the doctor taking care of your family member. Uh, the number one thing you need to do is stop the viral growth and replication. So this is where hydroxychloroquine comes in. The z which is in emergency cases. Once again, I've told you weeks and weeks uh, in a row about what you can do to prevent it. But this is for the people that actually have it or have family members that have it that are in the hospital right now. So hydroxychloroquine, the z zinc, Vitamin C, obviously all their other retroviral therapies, vitamin C, vitamin D, all those things, vitamin A, everything I've talked about every single week. Uh, you know, obviously quinine, you know, uh, and a correction for last week's show, some of the quinine, um, you know, tonic waters may have uh, bensonate um, uh a chemical, which is a preservative, which you want to stay away from. So you got to look for that. Um, but nonetheless, quinine, all these things you can you keep doing, right? Uh, another thing, um, other therapies that are used for anyone with abnormal hemoglobin or malfunctioning of red blood cells, right? So like a blood transfusion, whatever have you, that may be another option. But realistically, a hyperbaric chamber would help or just literally a simple cannula with oxygen, Oxygen is what the patient need. They don't need to be being, you know, they don't need to be intubated so they can be obviously have a machine breathe for them. They need oxygen. They need oxygen. I'm going to say that again. They need oxygen. So this is close to home for me. One of our patients, her mom is in the hospital because of this exact thing. The condition continued to worsen. I told her, you need to read this article. You need to listen to his doctor. You need to make sure that they don't intubate your mom and try to force her body to breed by a machine uh, because it can damage the lungs and cause more problems than it is actually helping. So the virus, once again, you got to reduce that viral load. And then the, the reality is this. You need to look at other options. So you need to look at all the options out there before you make decisions that could be potentially detrimental, even deadly fatal to your family members. So super important that you do the research. If you need research, if you need, if you need questions answered, messages, call us, email us, I'll give you the research. I have it right in front of me. I'm looking at it. I'm reading it. I'm consuming it. Why? It's not because I'm obsessed. It's because it can save your life, your family member's life, or somebody else's life. And to me, it's worth it. If it saves just one life because you heard this on here, uh, that's what it really is all down comes down to. So, folks, I am out of time. All I got to say is this. This coronavirus, COVID-19, has given us a really good 
idea of how well or unwell our healthcare system is working, folks. There are protocols out there that are literally cookie cutter that we're going to do on everybody no matter what they present. So just pay attention when election comes up and all these, these, these pseudoscientists, uh, political people that don't know one iota about the human body, how herd immunity works and how vaccinations work or how they don't work, any of that. They don't know that stuff. Like we need to get people in office that know what the heck they're talking about and how the body works. And if they don't know what they're talking about, they're they're humble enough to say that at least they put people next to them that know what the heck is going on. Because at the end of the day, it's going to cause you and your family grief. If you don't know the information, if you're getting people that are literally have an agenda for money purposes or whatever purposes out there, they have an agenda to have the, the, the world go in a certain way or the other. So just know that you need to be paying attention to the next election because there's a lot of people out there that are just talking heads or regurgitating information that is inaccurate and they're not scientists themselves. They have no idea how the human body works and those are the people making decisions that can kill or save your family's life. So that's my two cents on that. I love you guys. Thanks for listening. Stay blessed. Stay healthy. Stay safe. You're listening to Living the Full Life on 290 95.7 WHIO Day in Season Talk. Broadcasting from the McAfee Eating and Air Studios, WHIO Dayton, WHIO-FM Pleasant Hill, a Cox Media Group station.